loving Father in heaven, glory, praise, honor, and adoration be unto your name. We thank you, Lord, for giving us good health. Thank you, Father, for providing our food. We thank you for the air we breathe and the water we drink. We thank you, Lord, for protection and guidance and security. Every day we go out, we come back, and we are safe, we are secure. It is the Lord's doing, and we glorify your name, O Lord. Now we want you to bless us, to prepare us and consecrate us as your children today, as your representatives. We ask, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. Grant us of your Spirit, O Lord. We have battles to fight today. We have victories to win. We have temptations to overcome, Lord. I pray that you grant us strength. Grant us strength through the word we will be listening to in the devotion. Give us insight, impress the truth in our heart, and put your words in our mouth that we may speak words that will be a blessing to all the listeners. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Our High Calling February 2 Man More Precious Than Gold I will make a man more precious than fine gold, even a man than the golden wedge of Ophir. Isaiah chapter 13 verse 12 Few appreciate the value of man, and the glory that would redound to God were he to cultivate and preserve purity, nobility, and integrity of character. The short space of time allotted to man here is exceedingly valuable. Now, while probation lingers, God proposes to unite his strength with the weakness of finite man. Those who truly love God will desire so to improve the talents that he has given them that they may be a blessing to others. And by and by, the gates of heaven will be thrown wide open to admit them. And from the lips of the King of Glory, the benediction will fall upon their ears like richest music. Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Matthew 25 verse 34 Thus, the redeemed will be welcomed to the mansions that Jesus is preparing for them. There, their companions will not be the vile of earth, liars, idolaters, the impure or the unbelieving, but they will associate with those who have overcome Satan and his devices and through divine aid have formed perfect characters. Every sinful tendency Every imperfection that afflicts them here has been removed by the blood of Christ and the excellence and brightness of his glory, far exceeding the brightness of the sun in its meridian splendor is imparted to them. And the moral beauty, the perfection of his character shines through them, in worth far exceeding this outward splendor. They are without fault around the great white throne, sharing the dignity and 
privileges of the angels. I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 In view of the glorious inheritance which may be his, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? He may be poor, yet he possesses in himself a wealth and dignity that the world could never bestow. The soul redeemed and cleansed from sin with all its noble powers dedicated to the service of God is of surpassing worth. Amen. The title of our devotion is Man More Precious Than Gold. In reality, without the sacrifice of Jesus, man is not more precious than gold. So what is it that makes man more precious than gold? It is God. Our key text says, Isaiah 13 verse 12, I will make a man more precious than fine gold. If man in and of himself was already more precious than fine gold, then God wouldn't say that he will make us that way. Therefore, it is very important to note that it is the intention of God to bring all men to a state where he is more precious, more valuable, more of more worth, of more of more integrity than fine gold. Now the question is how does God intend to make man more precious than fine gold? To make us so great in worth that when you put man and all and put him by the side of all the gold that exists in this world, man will have more value. The only way that can be done is what we what we have been talking about here. Man lifted up from the dust into the state where he is perfect, where he is just like God himself with a perfect character. And that's why God said to us, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is how man becomes more precious than the golden wedge of Ophir. It is by having in himself the character of God, godliness, holiness, righteousness, purity in the life, in the character, without spot, wrinkle or any such thing, overcoming every sin. That is how man becomes more precious than the golden wedge of Ophir. But like I said earlier, man is not more precious than the golden wedge of Ophir except God does something. And what is it that God has said he will do? God has pledged now while probation lingers. He has proposed to unite his strength with the weakness of finite man. We see such promises from God in the book of Isaiah 27 verse 5 where he says, Or let him take hold of my strength that he may make peace with me and he shall make peace with me. So that is a promise from God. He has already proposed that while we are in this present life, it has just one purpose, this life, and that is we can use it, give it to God, and 
let him take let us take hold of his strength and let him take hold of us that he may transform us into his character this is the promise god has made and you know that when god makes a promise he is determined to fulfill it and that's why we read that he has proposed that that is what he wants to do but we must walk with him we are weak yes and god has said he wants to strengthen us and how does he do that we must take hold of his strength this true the grace of jesus christ titus chapter 2 reading from verse 11 tells us for the grace of god that bringeth salvation what is salvation freedom from sin so i'll read it like this for the grace of god that bringeth freedom from sin has appeared to all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust we should live soberly righteously and godly in this present world so this passage is telling us that that grace which is power to get freedom from sin god has given it to all men how did he do that through his son the death of jesus on the cross of calvary takes away our past sins so that we are our past sins are taken away no record we're now clean then the holy spirit is given to us to sanctify us and continue to make us to become more and more like jesus and then more than that he has promised if any man sins he is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse of all unrighteousness so man has every provision kept for him so that he is pure and then god promises 1 corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 that whenever we come into any temptation he will always he's faithful and he'll always make a way of escape so that we are able to bear it and if man falls he has said ask for forgiveness confess your sins and those sins will be wiped away and then start to walk in newness of life overcoming all your sins this is how man becomes more precious than the golden wedge of fire. without all these provisions made from god through the death of jesus the ministry of the holy spirit the angels are the ones who God uses to make those ways of escape so that we are able to bear the temptation and overcome them. Through these heavenly intelligences, working tirelessly on the behalf of man, if man takes advantage of them, he can become more precious than the golden wedge of fire, more precious than gold, so that when man is placed by the side of gold, you, you can't take gold above man because that character that is similar to that of christ to that of god is more precious than gold we read in the first uh, paragraph of this devotion that the short space of time allotted to men here is exceedingly valuable you know there was once a time in my life where i felt that life was not valuable life was useless and the reason and i don't i don't change such views it's on condition the reason why life is not valuable is because of death there is no point in accumulating so much in this world and in walking and walking only for you to die anything that has a big that has an end there's no worth in its beginning but life is valuable just for one purpose and one purpose alone if we are living for self life is nonsense to tell you and i know i mean exactly what i'm saying you think about it what is the point in struggling all through life only for you to come at a certain age and then you die tell me what have you achieved what does what has it profited you to to hustle and bustle and everything i recently i was with an aunt of mine who is over 70 and she made that comment you see when you get old that knowledge that 
that knowledge will dawn on you. If it doesn't dawn on you, earlier it dawns on you, the better. Don't wait till you get old before you understand and ask yourself, what is the use of all the money I'm holding and of all the things I've achieved if I, at the end of the day I'm going to die? And this is my aunt. That thought came to her mind. There was a scare that happened to her and she was. it looked as if she was about to die. She believed she was about to die. And when she recovered, she said to herself, what is the purpose of everything? If I die, I'm going to leave all these things I have. All my possessions are going, just going to be here. To her, life then came in its true, let's say, uselessness for someone who doesn't use it for the right purpose. You will see how useless life is when you come close to death. All your labor, all your strength, all your toil, just gone like that. All you toiled for will remain while you go. Tell me how you love that. It's better not to even go into anything at all. And that's why Solomon, when he saw all these things, said he saw no difference between the wise man and the foolish man. He wrote a lot about the fool being this and being that. But when he realized that he and the fool are going to die equally, he hated life. That's what he said. He hated life to see that his wisdom could not save him from death. And that wisdom he was referring to is that intelligence to manufacture this and manufacture that. To be able to make decisions that make you seem more civil than the foolish man. There is only one wisdom that is good. And that is what we read here. The short space of time allotted to man here is exceedingly valuable. Why? Because through this short space of time, man can use this life and so invest in it that he may have eternal life. And that's why we read that those, how does he do it here? Those who truly love God will desire so to improve the talents that he has given them that they may be a blessing to others. And as they are improving these talents, by and by, the gates of heaven will be thrown wide open to admit them and from the lips of the King of Glory, the benediction will fall upon their ears like richest music. Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now, why is this benediction made on them? I take you back. The reason is because they loved God truly from their heart. And that love showed in them improving their talents that he gave them so that they may be a blessing to others. If we go down, we understand what happened to them as they improved their talents. As they improved their talents, they became people that had perfect characters. Because when they are taken to the kingdom of God, it says there. Their companions will not be the vile of the earth, the liars, idolaters, the impure and the unbelieving, but they will associate with those who have overcome Satan and his devices and through divine aid have formed perfect characters. Because they improve their talents, every sinful tendency, every imperfection that afflicts them here has been removed by the blood of Christ and the excellence and brightness of his glory, far exceeding the brightness of the sun in its meridian splendor is imparted to them. So, what are these talents that we can improve on that will bring us into this state of perfect character? I'll read from Testimonies, Volume 4, page 606, paragraph 2. It says, Every faculty in man is a workman that is building for time and for eternity. Let me break it down. The faculties that God has given to every man, no man can say he doesn't have it. So, in other words, we have these faculties that if improved on, we are building on it so that we can get perfection of character. These, these faculties are our conscience, which is 
the seat of judgment that tells us, okay, this thing you're doing is right or wrong. The will, which is your power to choose. Your reason, your power, your, your ability to think and come to conclusions, to connect dots from cause to effect and say, because of this, then this. If this, then that. That is reason. Those are three faculties I've mentioned now. The conscience, the will, the power to choose, and the reason. Then we have our memory, our decision to choose what to store in the mind and what not to store. Our decision to intentionally say, I want this to be stored in my mind. That is your memory. Then you have your imagination, which is the seat of your thoughts, where you, by yourself, choose what to dwell upon because we have suggestions from God, from the devil, on what to think. It is our choice to choose what to dwell upon and what not to dwell upon. We have our imaginations. It paints pictures in the mind. We have our perception, our world view. That's the perception, the way you view things, from what aspect you come from, from what perspective you view things. That's your perception. Your intuition, that's the ability to make thought uh, decisions without rational reasoning. That comes as we dwell more and more with God. Our intuition becomes sharper and we're able to make quick decisions do not following the normal pattern of reasoning but rather but we still make decisions that are right the holy spirit is well connected with that intuition and then we also have okay i think i've mentioned all of them that i can remember now these are the faculties now having this in mind every faculty that's the will the reasoning the perception intuition imagination memory and uh, will Every faculty in man is a workman. All these parts, all these faculties are workmen that is building for time and eternity. Day by day, the structure is going up. Although the possessor is not aware of it, it is a building which must stand either by a, either as a beacon of warning because of its deformity or as a structure which God and angels will admire for its harmony with the divine model. Now look at how we use our talents to build character. Listen to this statement. It says, the mental and moral powers which God has given us do not constitute character. They are talents which we are to improve and which, if properly improved, will form a right character. A man may have precious seed in his hand, but that seed is not an orchard. The seed must be planted before it can become a tree. The mind is the garden. The character is the fruit. God has given us our faculties to cultivate and develop. Our own course determines our character. In training these powers so that they shall harmonize and form a valuable character, we have a work which no one but ourselves can do. This is why we are told, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We are the ones who cultivate these faculties. The mind is the garden. The seed is these faculties placed in the mind. That is your, they are the powers, the, 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 the will and the rest I just mentioned. And then for them to grow up into trees and get an orchard, they must be trained. And then the fruit that comes out of training them is the character. Are they trained well? then you will see fruits that will come out very beautiful, very nice and very good for the body. 
but are they left to themselves they will not bear fruit or if they do bear fruit you'll find out that those fruits are bad so those who love god as we read because they love god they will desire to improve these talents to improve their will so that they can make right choices to use their imagination in the right direction to help you use exercise the reasoning powers properly guided by the word of god to sharpen the conscience with the word of god to help to let their perception be directed by the word of god you know we can have perceptions that are not directed by the word of god and when they improve these talents they become a blessing to others they perfect character come to that position where they are without sin or spot or any such thing and then the gates of heaven will be open to them and then that thing that is written in daniel will be fulfilled where it says in the book of daniel chapter 12 verse 2 and 3 many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament do you believe that maybe you've not understood it properly i'll read it again the promise of god is this that when he comes these people who have used their talents and built these perfect symmetrical characters they are called the wise ones the wise ones they shall shine as the brightness of the firmament and they that turn many to righteousness also will shine as the stars forever and ever and that's why we read in devotion here that god will give them the excellence and brightness of his glory which is far exceeding the brightness of the sun can you imagine that you see how valuable man is and that's why at the end of this devotion we read in view of the glorious inheritance man is going to be given mansions of glory he's going to shine brighter than the stars which is than the sun can you imagine yourself standing by the side of the sun and exceeding the sun in its brightness your moral beauty the perfection of your character shining through you having more worth than the outward splendor now we are told in view of this glorious inheritance which may be his which may be for man what shall a man give in exchange for his soul a man in this world may be pure yet we can possess in ourselves a wealth and dignity that the world can never give to us a soul that is cleansed from sin with all its noble powers dedicated to the service of god is more precious than the golden wedge of ophir and is of surpassing worth who are you today perhaps in the present world you have nothing but if you have the character of Christ in you, you are worth more than this world. You are more precious than the golden wedge of Ophir, and that is what God wants us to understand. In view of what God has prepared for us, what shall it profit you, my brother and my sister, to gain this whole world and lose your soul? Your best profit is to gain perfection of character, which is of more worth and more value than those things that people are chasing after if you want to spend your time wisely and use your life wisely invest in character building use your money to buy books that you would read 
after you've used your money to buy those spiritual books, I would recommend Spirit of Prophecy books written by Ellen White. Use your time to read them. Because some people have these books and they don't read them. Use your time to read them. Develop yourself in a direction to be like Christ. You know people develop themselves. But they develop themselves in a worldly sense. I'm investing on myself. That's what they say. And they improve in this quality and that quality. But neglect the most important thing they should improve on. Character. Invest on yourself. Make yourself of worth and value. You are of no worth. You are not as precious or even close to the golden wedge of offer if your character has sin in it. If you want to be precious and of more value than all the possessions that the rich men of this world have, then build your character to be like that of Christ. And though you may not have all the material things that the world has, trust and believe that in yourself, in you, that character you have is more of more value and worth than anything in this world. In time to come, you will see it. Have patience. And God will show it to you that that your character formed in the image of God. You will see that it's more precious than anything this world can give. May God give us the grace to make this decision in Jesus' name. Amen. Few appreciate the value of man and the glory that would redound to God were he to cultivate and preserve purity nobility and integrity of character what is the value of man god has already said in isaiah 13 verse 12 as the devotion reads i will make a man more precious than fine gold even a man than the golden wedge of a fire god has put in man or has created man with the capacity to reflect his glory the highest qualities of god's being as has been listed here purity nobility and integrity of character god has created man with the capacity to reflect these qualities we know that in the book of exodus 33 when moses was asking god to show him his glory before i go there first in isaiah 43 god has already said also even everyone that is called by my name for I have created him for my glory I have formed him yea I have made him so God had in mind when he was creating man not the beast now not the the fowl not the chick the the other birds or the beast of burden God had man in mind to be the being that will reflect his qualities what is the glory of god in exodus 33 when moses was asking god for his glory and he wants to see his glory god made his glory to pass by moses and hear what the word the lord of the word of lord says as to the glory of god exodus 33 verse 18 and he said i beseech thee show me thy glory and he said i will make all my goodness pass before thee i will proclaim the name of the lord before thee and will be gracious unto whom i will be gracious and show mercy unto whom i will show mercy 
now that was uh, Moses's request in 33 now in 34 verse 5 the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord and the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord the Lord God merciful gracious long-suffering and abundant in goodness keeping mercy for thousands forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin and that will by no means clear the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and to the fourth generation and Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped so God revealed his glory in the form of his character he mentioned it that's his mercy the fact that God is merciful the fact that God is gracious the fact that he is long-suffering he endures for long and also that he is abundant in goodness and in truth the fact that God also forgives iniquity transgressions the fact that God does not call black white or white black he's just he's just and he's fair these are traits of character that makes God who he is I remember in Matthew 5 2 in Matthew 5 5 verse 48 we are told be ye therefore perfect even as your father which is in heaven is perfect and God lists out some of the things we can do love your enemies pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you do good to them bless them that curse you love those who have no good intention per se for you and these are some of the things god mentions as things that show that we are his children and that we are perfect so bring it back to the lesson god wants us has made man and has promised that he would make us more precious than the gold of a fair it must then mean there we are not all like that now since the fall of adam it's obvious that man has been degraded down to the nature or to the position where it is almost like someone is asking who are these who owns these children you know what happens when a child is disobedient or when a child um, has shown some questionable characters one maybe want to ask my friend where are you from what's the name of your father what are you doing here you know that's the question that we understand to be the question of the great controversy someone is charging god or asking god or uh, blaming god that he didn't train his children well he has good for nothing children that that he has people or he has brought nuisance to this world that is satan's accusation reminds me of the story in job job chapter one as we know it satan was roaring to and fro when god met him and it seemed that he had come with a report that there is no one and god had asked him have you considered my servant job it seemed like god had just one star or one person to prove a point someone who he could hang on to someone who he could depend on whose character looked like his and satan brought up a lot of excuses and say is it not because of this is not because of that and god said no this is my son truly one of the reasons why i, I mentioned this point is the, the devotion says that those who love god 
I read it again. It says, it says, those who truly love God will desire so to improve the talents that He has given them, that they may bring, they may be a blessing to others. It says that the short space of time allotted to man here is exceedingly valuable. Now, while probation lingers, God proposes to unite his strength with the weakness of finite men. Now, so that at the end of the day, when he has united his strength with our own weakness, we can reflect these qualities now, which we have mentioned, which are not naturally ours. Compassion, long-suffering, justice and fairness, and um, um, mercy love for truth all these things are golden qualities of god which god is promising to give to us and he wants us to um, if we really love him that's where he comes into us in the book of um, proverbs proverbs 27 verse 11 god makes this plea again and he says my son be wise and make my heart glad that i may answer him that reproached me now that's god's plea and he's asking be wise and make my heart glad that i may answer him that reproached me who is reproaching god of course we understand it is satan but god is making a plea to his children my integrity or my honor joy i will be happy my gladness rests in the fact that you are wise when you choose to do the things which I am pleased with. To further make this claim in a similar text in Proverbs 28 verse 8 verse 4, the Bible says, Whoso keep verse 7 rather, whoso keepeth the law is a wise son. So that's what God is asking us to do. My son, be wise and make my heart glad. And in verse 7 of 28 of Proverbs, he tells us exactly what it means to be wise. Whoso keepeth the law is a wise son. But he that is a companion of riotous men shameth his father. Now you see, God's pride, God's honor is attached to our obedience. Satan is ridiculing or mocking God that, see, look at your children. And God is pledging to himself, I will make a man more precious than the golden wage of a fire so he wants you and i to cooperate with him you see it's when you when you have a contribution to make it in a relationship then you know that you're in something um, that is of value sometimes if you if you're in a relationship where you have no contribution to make you may find it hard to express love here god is telling us this is what i want you to do for me I want you to be wise. Of course, the wisdom, the, 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 the obedience to God, following God's commandments, has its own blessings for us. But here now, God is raising it above just mere selfishness, just mere trying to be good for our own sake. Here he's saying, consider me. I want you to be wise. 14 verse 11, 15 of John would say, if you love me, you keep my commandments. So here, the relationship between us and God and being wise is love we want to make him glad so that he can answer the charge satan is bringing upon him you remember in the story of job as i just cited god boasted with job satan tried him as much as he could 
but Job never failed God. That's the kind of promise that God is making in this devotion that he'll find men and women who are going to be as sterling in quality, sterling in, in character like I am. That's the boast God has. And if you really love him now, if you love God for what he has done for us, he also made his own commitment to the relationship. He saw us fallen and misused, degenerated, tossed and full by Satan's temptation and put into so many uh, confusing experiences. Depression, guilt, sadness, failures. He saw us and he made the bold attempt to make us glad, to make us happy. He made his own commitment to the relationship to say, I'm going to, make, I'm going to so help you in your problems. He knew that we were going to live life for a short time and we'll have no eternal life, we'll have no life. And our life will be a life of misery. He saw us from heaven. And as the saying goes, that a friend in need is a friend indeed. Jesus put himself on the line for our own sake, came and defeated Satan and delivered us from the captivity of sin, the bondage of the fear of death. And the peace of mind that we didn't have because of our poor choices, he came in and stood on our behalf. Now, he has helped us. The response from us should be love. And you want to ask, what can I do, Lord? And then he tells us, my son, be wise. Be wise and make my heart glad that I may answer him that reproached me. That's the contribution we are making to the relationship. And to keep God's commandment simply means to keep, to, as the Bible would say, to love the Lord God with all your heart and soul and might, and to love your neighbor as yourself. These two compartments are the things God is expecting from us in our short life to develop a character that looks like his character. So that at the end of the day, we all will meet. He has saved us and we have contributed our own quota to the relationship i do not see ourselves as indispensable anyway because god can do this if i refuse he can choose another person who really loves him so it's not like god is uh, cannot do without us but he wills he desires to do with us it will it will not do us well it will not be it will not be wise for us to ignore this plea ignore this concern that god has my son be wise and make my heart glad that i may answer him that reproached me. So I pray as we co contribute to this relationship, by the grace of God, we will come out pure and as the golden wage of a fire in Christ's name. Amen. I will make a man more precious than fine gold, even a man than the golden wedge of a fire. Now in our world today, brass is common. We see brass all around us. Brass is an alloy consisting of copper and zinc. But gold is rarely seen. Many, if not thousands and millions of us have not felt touch gold to see what it feels like. Some have not even laid eyes on them. Now gold is measured in carats. You have 18, 12, 24 carats is pure gold. Now, in Ophir, they had pure gold. Many struggled to go to this place to dig 
mined for gold. Even King Jehoshaphat, he made ships that would go to Tarshish and find gold. The temple was built by the gold they brought to Solomon from Ophir. So I'll read from Job 22 and see, even as people pursue looking for gold that is precious, see what Job is writing to the man who will pursue after something that will be more precious than gold. See, repent and make peace with God, acquaint now thyself with him and be at peace thereby good shall come unto thee receive i pray thee the law from his mouth and lay up his words in thy heart if thou return to the almighty thou shalt be built up thou shalt put away iniquity far from thy tabernacles then shalt thou lay up gold as dust and the gold of all fire as the stones of the brook like what our brothers have been saying the things people pursue, pursuing gold, the material things people pursue, thinking they will, that will make or recommend them to the world or to God. Job is saying, if you pursue peace with God, those things you will lay them as dust. The gold of all fire will be as the stones of the book. Yea, the Almighty shall be thy defense, and thou shalt have plenty of silver. For then shalt thou have thy delight in the Almighty, and shall lift up thy face unto God. Thou shalt make thy prayer unto him, and he shall hear thee, and thou shalt pay thy vows. Now you see, now while probation lingers, God proposes to unite his strength with the weakness of finite mind. How does God want to do this? I read from Acts of the Apostles. 126. He said, When the mind of man is brought into communion with the mind of God, the finite with the infinite, the effect on body and mind and soul is beyond estimate. In such communion is found the highest education. It is God's own method of development. Now remember that the prophet Daniel. The man Daniel, he refused the gold when he was, he was offered half of the kingdom by Belshazzar. He refused it because he understood what he possessed. You see, Daniel possessed the grace of genuine meekness. He was true, firm, and noble. He sought to live in peace with all. While he was unbending as the lofty cedar, wherever principle was involved, in everything that he did in everything that did not come in collision with his allegiance to God. He was respectful and obedient to those who had authority over him. But he had so high a sense of the claims of God that the requirements of earthly rulers were held subordinate. He would not be induced by any selfish consideration to severe, to swerve from duty. The character of Daniel is presented to the world as a striking example of what God's grace can make of men fallen by nature and corrupted by sin. The record of his noble self-denying life is an encouragement to our common humanity. From it, 
we may gather strength to nobly resist temptations and firmly in the grace of meekness stand for the right under the severest trial. So if God can do it with Daniel as he cooperate with him, he can do it with me and he can do it with all of us. Amen. Thank you, loving Father, for the provision and the plan you have to make us as worthless as we are, to be like you, more precious than the golden wedge of our fire. Lord, we want to take advantage of this promise, and we ask that you continue to educate us and help us to know what we can do and what we should do, so that we can please you and come up to that level that you want us to be. Receive us into your care today. Consecrate us to your service. Grant to us all the heavenly blessings that you have provided to lift us up to that heavenly standard. Grant to us of your Holy Spirit. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all evil. May your holy angels be there to direct and guide our ways, that we may live a life that is growing and becoming more harmonious to that of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In our going out and our coming in, Lord, direct us, prosper the work of our hands to the end that we can become more and more like you. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers and thank you for answering. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Mm-hmm.